Hello, I am Aoi Kurenai, and welcome to episode 24 of the Tokusatsu Network podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about winter anime. Uh, the winter anime season finished about a month ago. We're into the spring season now, but we're going to take some time to talk about the awesome shows that were out last season. So today, I am joined by Kitty. Hello! And Nick. What's up? And this other guy. Hey. Yes. <laughs> How are you people? How's everyone tonight? Pretty good. I'm doing good for being the other guy. For being the other guy. <laughs> Someone's got to be the other guy. <laughs> so, um, ah. cool. Last season, uh, it was cool. There were a lot of shows people liked. Uh, Erased was probably the show of the season for a lot of people. Um, we had Active Raid, which was like a tokusatsu anime. And mm-hmm. we had Showa Roku, which was really cool. Um, I don't know a lot about anything else that aired, so I guess we will go around and talk about our favorite show of the season, and we will start with Nick. Oh, okay. Man, my favorite show of the season? Probably Lupin the Third, Part 4. Nice. And um, this was actually my first time watching a Lupin anime. Like, my only experience with the franchise was, I think, a video game on PlayStation 2 a few years ago. But, um... So this season, or part, was set in Italy. And so, you know, it's Lupin and the crew, Daisuke, Goemon, uh, Fujiko, hanging out in Italy, robbing people and all that good stuff. And for the most part, it's a pretty episodic series, which I guess is normal. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know. This is my first experience with it. But there is, like, this sort of underlining story that pops up every now and then about this thing called The Dream of Italy. And how it relates to Lupin's uh, wife, Rebecca Rossellini. She's a rich socialite who likes to you know, pull off heist in her free time. Because she's looking for excitement and adventure in her life. And that's why she falls in love with Lupin. So there's a little bit of a rivalry between her and Fujiko throughout the series. And it just gets really bonkers. And I like that. I like that a lot. Because... I mean, are we doing spoilers? I guess we're doing spoilers. We have to do spoilers. We always do spoilers. You're doing spoilers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Doing spoilers? Well, I can't loop on... I can't imagine it's going to be too spoilery, considering what it is. Mm, okay. Well, you get to the point where the main villain of the season is Leonardo da Vinci, nice. who sort of, like, resurrected through uh, this weird, like, thought gestalt I don't know how to put it, but there's this thing called the Dream of Italy, where it's like this environment that your thoughts go to, and so they take the thoughts of like all the geniuses in the world and what they think of Leonardo da Vinci, and they put that into a cloned body. And so then he's like, you know what? It's modern, 2014, whatever. I don't like it. It's ugly. I'm gonna remake the whole world. And so it ends with him trying to put everyone on the planet into this mindscape and while he takes their personalities out he'll put his own personality in so that everybody is leonardo da vinci and i thought that was really interesting and Hmm. what the i guess the premise and what the premise of everything is is how lupin outsmarts people now there's the episode where he (laughs) gets caught by uh the inspector dude and they send him to a normal prison he breaks out because he's lupin Send him to solitary, he breaks out. So eventually they've got him in like a 10 by 10 cell, this iron cell, 
on the island. And the ins- inspectors then he got a, has to sit there outside his cell 24-7 so that Lupin can't escape. And he escapes anyway. <laughs> so it's just nice. It's just a fun little series about Lupin outsmarting people until he gets like the ultimate foe in Leonardo da Vinci. That sounds awesome. Um, George. Uh, yep. Because I remember watching an episode of Lupin. Was that part four or part three? Uh, I think it was part two. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So there have been four Lupin animes. They all ran for different lengths. The longest one was the second. And traditionally, there is no like overarching story in Lupin. It's just, hey, here are adventures from uh, this band of thieves. Maybe we'll do one or two, three episode storylines. So to have that in season four was like really, really unique. And Nick, so since you actually saw it all, how do you think they pulled that off? Do you think it worked or do you think maybe it lagged or like what's your take on that? It worked for me because it was still mostly a facade, you know. There's an episode where they go to a haunted mansion. There's an episode about a circus magician. There's little stuff where sometimes they're thieves. Sometimes they're helping people out. You know, sometimes they're just doing clever stuff because that's what they want. They're not really in it for the money sometimes. But a lot of times they're in it for a challenge. And I like that. But the overarching thing, which involves Lupin's uh, marriage to Rebecca Rossellini, the rich socialite slash jewel thief, leads into this idea because you find out that her first love was a scientist dude who invented the process called the dream of Italy, which is, you know, accessing someone's mindscape or inviting them to a central mindscape. I'm not really sure how it works, but basically Lupin was able to meet the dudes, imprint his personality after the dude had died a few years ago because he stored himself within the dream of Italy. And then that goes into the fact that because all throughout, normally, you know, Inspector Zanigata is the one who's chasing Lupin. But they also bring in MI6. And this one MI6 agent whose name is... Is it Bond? No, it it's James Agent Bond. Oh. <laughs> agent Nix. NYX. Ah, I, see, I, see, I see what's going on. So what happens there is that MI6, they're the ones who clone Leonardo da Vinci. So they're the ones who are trying to steal the dream of Italy. And, you know, Lupin runs afoul of them. They're not really after him. It's just that him being who he is, he keeps getting into situations that involve MI6. Because he keeps trying to steal stuff, or he keeps showing up in places that have to do with, like, big conspiracies and whatnot. Right. So they clone Leonardo da Vinci, trying to create their own, like, super weapon person. And uh, he escapes, and he's evil ish just arrogant really really arrogant so i like that it's different smaller stories that build towards leonardo da vinci out of like nowhere that Hmm. sounds really cool um like personally i've only seen the first episode uh have any of y'all seen it i haven't seen any of it cool um it's the recent one yes like i could have sworn i watched like in a, the first episode of a recent one. Yeah. Did he have a blue jacket? I know that's a thing that like differentiates the seasons. Was and he part like, four is the blue jacket season. Getting married, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so you've seen it. Cool. So, yeah, so what did you think about that episode? I thought it was super fun. Like, I've never seen anything Lupin related before. 
Except so for that. Other. That was my first time watching a Lupin episode. And I thought it was really fun. I just never, I wasn't able to get to it just because of all the other crap that I was watching. <laughs> but I really want to watch this season just because it looked so much fun. And I can see the all the charm of the older shows, but if it also has this plot about Leonardo da Vinci, mm-hmm. I want to check it out. Yeah, because I know this show sort of just came out of nowhere, and that's really strange considering it's Lupin, it's this iconic franchise in Japan, and one day the animation studio's like, oh, by the way, we're going to be airing this show in Italy, so that's a thing. And people were kind of you know, pissed off that they wouldn't be able to see it in Japan, but then it aired in Japan, and it became really, really huge. I was surprised by how much people ended up liking it, and especially people like Nick who haven't really seen it before. Um, I was interest. That's why I was interested in knowing just how they handled the overarching story because you don't see that in Lupin, and I've always wanted to see how they would take the characters into like the modern era of storytelling. When did uh, Part 3 air? Like in the early 80s, I think. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been a while. A while. There's been <laughs> other things like movies, and then Fujiko had her own show. Yeah, I heard that huh. about that one. I heard that one's really interesting. Yeah, I need to watch that. That's uh, directed by the same woman who did Michiko and Hachin, which I also need oh. to finish. Hmm. Yeah, part three was 1984. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a while. There have been yeah. like movies and TV specials every single year. Um, most of them, anyways. Then there's that one live-action thing with Oguri Shun. Has anybody seen that one? I have not. Hmm, I'll Guessing. Check that out. Yeah, that's directed by uh, Takeshi Miki, I think. Miki? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would, would be cool to check it out. I think he would really be cool at doing that style of live-action. Yeah. So, all right, next person. Uh, Kitty. Yay. Um, I actually watched a lot of anime during winter season most of it was old um but like some of it just had to be done like my uh roommate stopped watching sword art online at episode 12 and or whichever one was when uh they wake up in the hospital like in uh sao world ends he stopped there and thought that was the end of the series (laughs) it should have been (laughs) yeah well that's a whole other story but like he didn't know about the rest of uh or rather season two or the rest of season one however you choose to see it and he didn't know anything about um gun gale online like none of it and so he was like what there's more so we had to like start over from the beginning and watch through all of it um i also spent most of winter season being very upset that there was not more shokugeki no soma for me to watch yeah. But, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming back for summer and I'm so excited. I just want it to be on all the time. I I love that show so much. Um but uh I think my favorite show that I that came about uh winter season was Konosuba. Oh my god. Do I there's nothing about the show that I don't like. It's, uh, did did any of you guys see it at all? No, No. I've only heard about it. I really want to. So, basic rundown without giving away too much is you have 
this guy who's essentially a neat, uh, a not educated or employed something teenager. Um, I think is what that stands for. Training. And huh? Yeah. Yeah. Training. Training. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, not educated or in training. Or not educated, employed, or in training. There it right. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he dies in a really, really stupid way. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's horrifying. And uh, so when he dies, um, this goddess, Aqua, gives him the option to either go to heaven, where she says it's super boring and no one has sex, so why would you ever want to go there? Uh, he can be reborn, um, into the human world, but he won't have any of his memories or he can be reborn with all of his memories and at his current age into a, basically a fantasy RPG world where things are kind of shitty and there's a evil demon overlord, but no one is choosing to get reborn into that world because everything is so shitty. So the world is getting, uh, really unpopulated and they need more souls to go there. So, so is it is it a like different dimension or literally like a different world in the same dimension or I, I don't they don't exactly explain it. I I'm I guess it's like a different dimension. Uh-huh. Um but so basically what they say is, you know, you can pick one thing to take with you. And this goddess just keeps making fun of him, making fun of him for like how he died, how he's just an otaku, like He's not really worth anyone's time. And uh, he says, fine, you want to be that way? I can choose anything. I choose you to come into this world with me. <laughs> and she's like, bah, okay, sure. Wait, what? And then <laughs> another goddess comes through and is like, your wish is granted. You guys have fun. That's awesome. And... Uh- uh, so it's, it's quite literally a world that is an RPG. Like they go to the local adventurers guild, they get their stats examined. Uh, she, because she's a goddess, they're like, oh my God, all of your stats are amazing. Except your intelligence is a little low and you have the worst <laughs> luck that we've ever seen. But oh my God, all of your stats are amazing. <laughs> and, uh, then He's like, yes, this is the time when my secret specialty is going to be revealed and it's going to be amazing. And they're like, all of your stats are perfectly average, except a slightly above average intelligence. But you have a really, really high luck score. It's not super useful. You should become a merchant. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like everything about his like him being transported into an RPG world that he thought was going to be amazing is so terrible uh but it's it's all extremely hilarious and he eventually ends up with a ragtag group of adventurers like it with a a a crusader knight who is all constitution and endurance and hit points and can't hit anything so she just makes herself a wall (laughs) and like is like, yes, hit me. This is going to be the best thing that I've ever done. It feels so dirty. Like, it's, it's oh, wow. ridiculous. <laughs> wow. And then you've got uh, a girl who is a mage who specializes in explosion magic. It's her favorite. And she can only use it once per day. And after she's used it, she cannot move and has to be carried home. Uh, I know what that feels like. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That is definitely what he said. So, uh, you know, there's a couple more characters. They get this ragtag team together. They go on adventures and manage to haphazardly make their way through this world together. And it's really hilarious, really funny. I know it's got a show right now as being like, that show about the guy who steals panties. That is from, he, um, he learns a thief ability, which is literally in this world, you have like a, a character sheet pretty much. And so you can like pick skills to learn. So like you, someone shows you a skill, you can then have the option to learn it. And then it like rewrites your DNA so that you know that skill. And so he learns this steal ability. And the first time that he uses it, he grabs a girl's panties. And it's because his luck score is so high that he automatically gets the thing that he would want the most. And so this happens a couple of different times <laughs> to hilarious, hilarious result. Yeah, that actually sounds really cool. Um, oh, my God. It's so funny. I'm going like, to be like honest. I was only interested because the character designs looked really pretty, but that actually does sound like a fun, fun show. It's so fun. Like my um, my roommate ha- has not always found anime humor to really be like his thing mm-hmm. but uh he plays uh dungeons and dragons on q times with me and like that's how that's how we know each, o- each other is we know each other through my dungeons and dragons friends so like he was able to watch this show from just the rpg standpoint and was like this is the funniest shit i've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> and we were both so sad when it ended at 12 episodes <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I had a question about that. Um, Yeah. I am very used to seeing a lot of anime based off light novels not actually end because the story is still going. So Mm -hmm. does this actually get a proper ending? No, but there's going to be more. Cool. That would be disappointing otherwise. Yeah, I believe it's already signed up for more. And so is uh, my favorite anime Ever Shokugeki no Soma is coming back in summer. I know I already said it. Yes. Uh, I'm also actually really sad that there wasn't more fairy tale out. I don't know why I expected more fairy tale than there was. Is that a year long series or is it a like? I don't know. Like, fairy tale is a show that I I started watching late in the game. Uh huh. So I've pretty much been binging it. It's in like the entire time that I've known of its existence. Um, And I only fully caught up this season. Wow. So I have no idea about how it's released. Yeah. Well, my understanding is it's like it went for like a hundred and something episodes at first and then Mm -hmm. they got too close to the manga. So now they like alternate one year. They'll they will just not air anything. Then the next year they'll air new episodes and then i have no idea how they're apparently the last episode aired in march so yeah yeah it did and i was waiting i was it was coming out every week and so i was like okay this week more fairy tale and then there was no more fairy tale and i was like but you're in the middle of a thing like right in the (laughs) middle of the arc (laughs) but fairy tale zero was really good they did finish that so is that like a, well, I'm going to guess prequel? 
Uh, yes, it was a prequel. Um, it's very, it's very, very interesting and really, uh, lends a lot to sort of how fairy tale got started. Huh. Is that one of those shows you can watch without having seen the original or like, will it just spoil everything? Uh, it wouldn't spoil anything, but there are connections to things in the main Mm -hmm. series that you can't fully appreciate. Absolutely. People's grandparents and whatnot. How many episodes is Fairy Tale? About two hundred sixty-six. Oh dear God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not bad, Naruto or. But you I know. caught up pretty quick. Yeah. It's just that I had to stop because they changed animation studios, and the animation yeah. is garbage right now. So I'm yeah. reading the manga at the moment. The oh. so they switched to animation studios, and I got really upset. And I, I don't even want to talk about it, but I will. It's like, I was so, I was so mad when they switched to animation studios. Like I flipped on the first episode and everything was wrong. And I just pouted and didn't, didn't even want to watch it so for like, a really long time. How noticeable is it? Was it just, are the characters immediately, as soon as different immediately character uh, artist, uh-huh. different, like people will change outfits in the middle of an arc. And yeah, it's just it's not it's ugly. Well, it's and like bad. like the with the original animation studio, like whoever was drawing it, they used a lot of really bright colors, mm-hmm. and they used a lot of different character builds. Um, I feel like in terms of height and body shape, like everyone was very different. And as soon as they switched over, like everyone all of a sudden became the same height. And, like, super skinny, and, like, I don't even know what happened. It was just, it was really, really weird. Uh, Lucy's boobs got about three times bigger, and which is odd, because she already had huge boobs. Wait, what's but the there, It's not a problem, it's just <laughs> on top of, you know, giving her even bigger boobs, they made the rest of her even tinier. And it just didn't make it, I don't know, I don't know, none of it... None of it looked right to me. And the colors were so muted when they changed, too. Like, they like, Erza Scarlet, her last name is supposed to be because she has scarlet-colored hair. And they switch over to this new animation studio and just everything in the world is more muted. And it includes, like, her hair, everything about her. And it just, it doesn't look right. None of it looked right. That's weird. It's really weird. I really didn't like it. And yeah. I was extremely disappointed. I can imagine. But yeah, it looks it's like all in ch- the past. Well, yeah, it looks like they changed over 170 episodes in before going to that studio. They did. So, yeah. Wow, yeah. That, yeah, that would be annoying. It was extremely obnoxious. Yeah. You spend 170 episodes getting to know certain characters and certain looks, and then all of a sudden they start looking terrible. Yeah, that... But... Uh, go ahead. I do feel that they they got better. <laughs> I'm like a question mark, or I just you know Stockholm syndrome got used to it. Like I don't know Stockholm syndrome, probably. Um. All right. So, on that awesome note, uh, <laughs> yes. What what what's going on with you? What was your favorite show? Uh, there's a little show called Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Totally joking. Uh, actually, the show that I 
watched and enjoyed the most was Erased. Uh, I forget the Japanese name of it, but. Boku dake ga inai machi. Yeah, that one. What is that? Yeah, mean? that. Um, the city where I don't. The city where only I don't exist. Like they work that line into the last episode. Yeah, which I was kind of hoping for. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a really interesting uh, story. It's not like necessarily. It's more of a crime thriller with some supernatural elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I need to remember the names of the characters. Cool. Uh, who's, I just who's remember that? Fujinuma because of the way the girl says it. Satoru Fujinuma. Yeah. Oh, right. Satoru. Yeah. yeah. Um, we follow Satoru, like, at the beginning, he's uh, 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just an. He's a struggling artist who has a day job at a uh, pizzeria or pizza. Del- he does a, he's a pizza uh, delivery he's a guy. Pizza delivery guy. And he's pretty much normal. In every aspect, except for the fact that he has this weird ability that he calls a revival, uh, where basically, if something bad is about, if something bad is about to happen, he goes back in time about five to ten seconds, and then he basically has to figure out what's what in his surroundings doesn't seem right or it looks like is something's about to go wrong and then he has he stops whatever is gonna happen. So like if he's driving along and he passes by a truck that in a few seconds is about to crash, he'll randomly just be pulled back like 10, 15 seconds in the past and then he looks around to see what's wrong and then he tries to stop it. Um unfortunately they never really explain where that came from, where that uh, ability came from, or why he has it. Um, but basically, something tragic happens to him. Um, it's somehow related to something that happened when he was a kid. And he basically, instead of being thrown back 10 to 15 seconds to prevent the thing that happened to him in the present, he's thrown back to 1988 when he was like about eight or something like that um, to figure out the events that led up to what happened to him in the present day. Um, it's, it's a really interesting show. Like the way they've done, um, they've sort of designed this like whodunit kind of scenario mm-hmm. um, between the present and the past. Um, George, George, you watched it as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was one of those shows where it's like week to week, it was the only show that I watched week to week that I was like waiting till the minute it was uploaded on a Crunchyroll to watch it because it was just so gripping. Yeah, I got so many of those like, oh, you watched it within the first hour badges with this show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Me uh, neither. It's an addicting show. <laughs> and if you're watching it week to week, you would like be screaming at the computer screen at the end of every episode yeah like 23 minutes goes by really quickly when you're watching that show i bet um and it's just like it's the attention to details Mm -hmm. like um okay so you sent back to 1988 and i think it's something that uh toku fans will catch um because he's uh in elementary school the kids are talking about the current sentai series happening in 1988 so they're bringing up like live man 
and Masked Man or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, did you see this week's episode of uh, Masked Man last night? Oh, it's crazy. Oh, did you see the preview for next season's show? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you hear that in the background, yeah. oh, which wow. is really cool. Yeah, there's um, an amusing little conversation where, like, one of the kids is like, yeah, it's called Live Man. And the other one's like, what does live mean? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, like, because they show the dates, I think, every time you go, you, they show the past. Mm-hmm. And it actually correlates to when, like, Live Man premiered in Japan. Yeah. It's, like, the, the attention to detail is crazy. Um, even to the way that it's, like, animated and shot. Like, they use different techniques for when he's in the past, when he's in the present. Um, they give out little clues, uh, like like clues or red herrings, to like sort of throw you off on who's um, who may have done you know the crime that happened back in 1988. Um, it's just such a good show. Like, I don't know what what do, what do you have to say about it, George? Uh, it it was a good show. It was really addicting and really really compelling. Um, like I said. At the end of every episode, I would be like, come on, where's the next episode? I would be, like, angry. So, at one point, I just remember thinking, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. One week's too long. So, that night, I just read the rest of the manga that was out at that point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good, but I was, like, jonesing the, the next day. I um, watched it, too, and I mm-hmm. read ahead. Yeah? Because, uh... You know, I wanted to know what the mystery was. But for me, the mystery wasn't, like, the main draw of the series. I think, for me, it was more the character interaction between him and the girl he's trying to save. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, like, getting to know a person like that. And that drama with her and her home situation, that was more interesting to me. So once that was resolved, I think, like, they have three episodes left. And then there's that moment where there's this really huge hint as to who the killer is. But then they're like, oh, no, that's not for killing. That's for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, this person's the killer. And I didn't, like, watch the rest of the show because I was like, okay, the rest of this is just going to be, how do we stop the dude? And I'm like, eh, I don't Are you care. sure it's not a red herring? It wasn't. Like, mm. they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it's a re- if it was a red herring, it's a really dumb one. <laughs> No, no, it, it, um, it was weird how it was handled. Uh, I, th- I thought it was still really, like, really well done. Um, but yeah, you are right that it, the, the connections between him and the people he's sort of trying to save becomes really interesting. And a lot of, because like, they deal with a lot of, like, you know, abuse, like, situation, abusive situations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, the way this anime like handles it is really well like it it doesn't feel like they're pandering or they're like trying to go for like the simp- the easy sympathy card like they it feels like a real situation sort of so yeah, it it was really the show's so good it's just so good yeah <clears throat> it definitely did not feel like they're just throwing out like like it wasn't like violence porn or anything like every time something bad happened i think it was supposed to make the viewer kind of feel like satoru like oh, i want to help that character so much yeah you you definitely start to feel like sympathy and also like hoping that they would get away from whatever's about to happen to them yeah the 
Mm. This show had some really scumbaggy characters. Yeah. Like it was so easy to hate a handful of people in it. And and to actually suspect a few people too that weren't like involved really. So really? Yeah. Um there's a, there's I mean, one, one of the, the person kids. who it turned out to be I, like suspected them from the very beginning. Well, yeah. There was some also, stuff that like, that one kid who acted way too old for his age. Yeah, he was yeah. kind of weird, but I never like believed he was the killer. I was just like, this kid is weird. Why does he act like this? You guys read the manga, yeah? Did the manga end the same way as the show? Nick wouldn't know. <laughs> like, I oh yeah, I he wouldn't finish the show. But from yeah. what I've heard, the manga there's more arcs. Like that isn't the end of the story. Well, like, it. Yes and no. Like the manga's final arc definitely correlates to the anime's final arc, but it's it's just fleshed out a little more. There's mm. no like the whole scene at the building does not happen in the manga. It's played out totally different. Uh, and if I don't know how how spoilery do we want to get with this? Uh, spoil away. Okay. Close Spoilers. Your ears. Close okay, your ears so if you don't like spoilers, kids. So, like, in, in the anime, Yashiro kind of just throws himself off that building, or gets thrown off, I don't remember, and they land, and the, he gets arrested. But in the manga, he kind of, like, lights himself on fire in the middle of the forest. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a little much. Wow. That's different. Yeah, it's it, it was... Definitely so different. if an anime character lights himself on fire in the middle of the forest and nobody's there to no. watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously it didn't happen. Oh my god. Um, oh, Nick, but, so since you've read the manga, um, I don't know if it's just me, but holy crap, that was some ugly art. <laughs> was it or was it not? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it was pretty fugly. Um, the artist did not really know how to do proportions, so you would get this teenage high school girl walking around with like these thick, beefy arms that just did not fit. What? And um, in that regard, I'm really happy that the anime actually worked a lot better than that. I think they take the best of that guy's character's design, character designs and just mm -hmm. translate it really well to this nice, fluid animation. Um... Huh. Oh yes, so Sorry. I think you would be good to talk about this since like you were pretty stoked when you found out. But uh, yeah, the year that the opening song was released, two thousand and four. Yeah, because right. rem remember how it correlates to the story. Huh? Oh, what what oh. opening song? What are we talking about? Okay, so oh, yeah, let, let Yas it. explain it. I think I get it. Yeah. Okay, so um, the opening song in the anime is by a group called. Uh, Asian Kung Fu Generation or Asian Generation Kung Fu first one first one okay yeah. um, and I thought the song came out like recently but it came out in 2004 and when I saw it I was like oh that's because you know the present day of the show is in two, is in uh, 2004 and then I was like and then I think George pointed out no it's in 2006 that's when the story originally took place but I think I think, believe he goes when he goes back the last time to 1988, he gets stuck there because an event happens, and then he's left to live out 
time as normal again. And I think when we when he he was basically in a coma for fourteen years. Yeah, it was a while. And I think he comes he comes back to consciousness in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so like yeah, that was. Oh my god, I didn't even put that neat. together now. Yeah, these people had an amazing attention to detail with the show. <laughs> I love it when shows do that. You know, yeah. when it's like it's so well thought out. And it's called what? It's called like re re or something like that. Yeah, I'm still not sure what that's supposed to mean. I guess rewind. I don't know. J- J- Japan don't worry about it. it. They don't really know how to use the re. Yeah, that makes sense. To me. Oh, but no. oh my god! Yeah, that's amazing. This they went above and beyond in making the show. Kitty, you should that's... totally watch it at some point. You should even, totally watch this, even though we, <laughs> even though we spoiled I, it. Yeah, I'd heard really good things about it. I, it was just not one that uh, I, has made it onto my list yet. But I'm, right. I, I, I don't know. There's not really anything that I think I was looking forward to much for uh, the spring season. What? Uh, I don't. I don't want to like jump ahead. Uh, but what's coming out in spring? I'm watching. I'm looking at my Crunchyroll queue right now, actually. Yeah. I'm watching Joker Gang, which is like this kind of spy thriller set okay. in set before World War II. So a lot of people, when it first came out, were worried about like nationalism because you know this is a Japanese story set before World War II when Japan mm-hmm. when Japan was kind of you know a beast. And so a lot of people are thinking about worried about the politics of the show, but so far it seems to be interesting. It's kind of I wouldn't say neutral. But it has an interesting perspective on Japanese nationalism of the era. Then there's Twin Star Exorcist, which I like to get one boring shonen in the season. So, you know, kids fighting demons, yada, yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then there's a Flying Witch. It's just a really chill slice of life. This girl's a witch and she's going to school and weird stuff happens, but nobody is. It's nice country life. You want to it's talk about very like, well directed. Dark. Slice of Life anime. Oh, yeah. I yeah, got one yeah. for you. Yeah. I, uh, I like Slice of Life. It's called Tanaka-kun is Always Listless. I think I talked about this before. I'm not sure where. Uh, which episode. But it's basically <laughs> about... Um, basically about a dude named Tanaka who is basically so lazy that he finds every way to be efficient at being lazy. Um, and his friend basically facilitates this behavior uh, to the point where if he doesn't feel like eating fish because he doesn't he doesn't want to like debone it his friend will debone it for him just so he, just just because he's not going to eat anything if he doesn't do that i mean he's not it's not like he's incapable of it he just everything he's, is like he's lazy un, he's very lazy but it's, i do it, remember you bringing this show up yeah and like, it's such a charming show. Like you watch it, and you you, you think of, of the premise. You think the character might be annoying, or that not boring. a whole lot's gonna happen. Yeah, it might be boring, but like to be honest, a whole lot doesn't happen. But just what does happen is pulled off in such a charming way. And the show's got this really nice pastel color palette that I think really fits in with the whole listless laziness thing. Yeah, they tried different things, like from the like transitions between scenes to like the preview for the next episode everything just seems like different but so right for this show 
Yeah, like, and also uh, it's that's like neat. Light, it's like a life goal to be that lazy. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's, that's everyone's life goal to be able to. Well, no, that's not true. My mom would probably never be able to be that lazy <laughs> if her life depended. On, no, I'm not joking. I'm sure everyone has experienced like that parent or that friend who is like mad at you for sleeping in. Oh yeah. When there's yeah. no reason for you to be awake. Yeah, yeah. That's my mom. She's like, you have it's is three whole days into your summer vacation. I don't understand why you're still in the house in your pajamas. <laughs> well, because it's summer vacation and I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, We're gonna sign you up for camp because you clearly need something to do. No, no, <laughs> okay, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this show—it's—I uh, don't—I don't like using the term too much because people make fun of it. But it's definitely like a comfy show. You put it on and you're like, "Yeah, I feel good." This is it, like it makes me feel happy. It's such a fun show to watch. It makes me want to sleep, but that's like a compliment. Like <laughs> to be awesome. honest, when we finish recording, I'm gonna get in bed and watch an episode. <laughs> it's just such a cute charming little show um like when yas was talking about the all of like the bumpers and stuff i remember at the end of the first episode the preview for the next episode is playing on a cell phone the main character is is watching Hmm. like he's he he's at a desk he's writing something with a pen or with a brush like he's basically writing the name of the next episode on mm-hmm. a brush on a piece of paper, but the cameras are in front of him, so you don't really see, you can't see it clearly. Mm-hmm. And he has his phone propped up on the on the side, like on the side of him on the desk. And the preview is playing, and you can hear the audio like <laughs> faintly, mm-hmm. and you can barely see the picture of it because it's tilted away, almost away from you. Mm-hmm. But it's- you're just watching him paint, and then. He's so lazy that he never finishes what he's writing. Mm-hmm. So then they show the they the, show a the title card of, uh, the title card of what he wrote, and it shows the name, <laughs> and then it just trails off. Like you can see where he fell asleep, and the brush just like slipped away yeah. in one long line. <laughs> That's hilarious. It see, really is. I feel like it says something about me that you guys are like, yeah, this is the perfect show to fall asleep to because like that's the kind of show it is and i'm like right and here i am falling asleep to you know criminal minds and law and order <laughs> hey no i do that too i do that too i i, I, I fall I asleep it. to the walking dead so see yes it's a boring I, show it, wow, it, wow. You gotta do that now? <laughs> shots fired he's not wrong i uh yeah I, I don't think i watched the walking dead past Part of season one. So. Walking Dead is the most popular garbage show. <laughs> I, I gave up on like season whatever Five. the season before last season was because it literally just becomes a string of characters walking for a long time, being miserable and hopeless, finding some hope. Something goes wrong. They lose that hope. They walk for a long time, miserable and hopeless. More hope. Repeat, repeat, repeat. It's like, ah, it sucks. Yes, I hate you for introducing me to this show. <laughs> because you're stuck liking it. I still like it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just oh to go back to erase uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There was a live action film that came out, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it's already out. Yeah, it already came out. So basically, with that, the anime was pretty much used as like advertisement for the movie, mm-hmm. which is not super unheard of, but like rare enough that. Like, it really took me by surprise that 
Um, it basically came out around the same week that the anime came to an end. And I know they did a few things different, like the setting and is a little different. And it's more about like murderers, like multiple murderers, I think. And it has this really weird, really weird international title that's like the Munich case or something. And I don't know what that's about. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to see it at some point, though. It's got a... Yeah, it has a... What's his name? Tatsuya Fujiwara. Yep. Oh, Nick. So something, since you're like an ultra guy, uh, something you might be interested in is, do you know who voiced um, Satoru as a kid? I knew the princess from Revenge of yes. Belial. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. It, that's, I don't know, to me that was really cool. Like, whenever you see tokusatsu actors just pop up in anime, in roles you just don't expect. Isn't Shinken Blue as voice actor now? It's very sporadically. He, I think he was the main actor in Galactic Ma- Prince. Majestic Ma- Prince. Majestic Prince, yeah. Which, like, that also had, like, Gokai Silver and a couple other Sentai actors. Just, Yellow, she's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, she she's she straight up quit screen acting, I think. That's a shame. We've talked about our favorite shows. And, Actually, oh, I just crazy. realized I forgot yeah. to talk about my total favorite show. Okay. I didn't know it was a winter show. But I guess we don't have time anymore. No, we do. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Well my actual favorite show is Concrete Revolution. Because mm-hmm. during this conversation, I realized like when it was ended. Was that a winter so, show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It ended in December, so I guess that counts. Oh, okay. No, that's actually a fall show. Ooh. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah. Like, okay, we, never it's, mind then. <laughs> it's weird. We'll uh, talk about it. I, the second season is a spring <laughs> show, so you know, we can talk about it if we do. Eh, go ahead and talk about it. Talk about it. Okay. Well, I mean, we're talking that, obviously. So, Ooh. as Toku fans, I need all of you. To watch Concrete Revolution. I mean, we it's could. on the list. I just, I have. I mean, we don't. Stuff happened. And like, I'm not. Fi- I'm not just talking to me. you two. I'm talking to the audience as well. I know, but, but uh, the ones here. So, <laughs> so <laughs> basically, the premise out. is take all the stuff you know about like real world Japanese history, mm-hmm. and then take all the anime and the toku from like the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, and just smash them together. So you've got political unrest, you've got student protests, you've got this real important, uh, I think, is it a train crash? It might be a train crash. You've got stuff going on with like diplomatic relations with the U.S., and then you put a lens over that of superhumans and policing superhumans and registering them, what's their place in society, and, you know, should they be allowed to live? And one of the things is... Uh, like every single character is a reference to something from that time period. So the main character Jiro, which is obviously like a uh, main character name, he's like Kakaider and uh, Cyborg Zero Zero Nine mixed in one. Also, spoiler, Godzilla in there too. And then you've got uh, your standard magical girl. You've got a uh, what's the like the Sky Dane, Kyodane, the uh, the two oh, sibling uh, robots from that one Toku. You've got them. You've got this one dude who's a uh, Robo KGK yep. who has to kill Space Sheriff Gavon. 
it's just a lot of mashing up of stuff. But um, it's a very thoughtful show because it takes all that. It puts it over these real world events that were happening in Japan at the time. And, you know, everyone has to pick a side, kind of like Civil War, which I'm going to see this weekend, hopefully. But uh, hmm. oh, is that coming out already? Yeah. yeah. I've already seen it. Shit. I hate what? you, George. Anyway, <laughs> so it's really thoughtful about like the nature of justice, the nature of what's right and what's wrong. And it gets kind of dark. Like the dude, the robot detective, in the most recent season, the spring season, he lobotomizes himself because he's having a crisis of conscience. Because yeah. he's part robot. You know, he was a human detective. He died. Robot body. You know how that works. But... Because of the changes going on in society, he's like, I don't know who the bad guys are anymore, but I'm a robot. I have to be absolute. The world has to be black and white. So he overwrites his own chip so that, like, I just need to be certain. I can't deal with this existentialism. I can't deal with moral relativity. So he steals someone else's chip, someone who sees the world that way. And he's like, okay, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. I need to know. Let me just get rid of who I was before because I can't take it. It's torture. And it's a really dark thing that happens. But it's a really wonderful show for going there. And so I think, yeah, as you told me, you saw the first episode. The first episode is an Ultraman episode where... I've seen like the first five or six episodes Mm -hmm. of the show. It's a really good show, but it's kind of dense is the thing. That's the thing. It felt very... like It felt all over the place. Like, Mm -hmm. to a different, like... It kept going back and forth, but it wasn't going back and forth between two different points. It went back and forth between like multiple different time five, periods. Five, six different time periods. Yeah, and that works for me because I like puzzles. Like, I like having to do that work, but I can see why it doesn't work for a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. I like it to a degree, but it, it didn't feel like they did a good job in keeping track of. Or, like, it didn't seem obvious, I guess, and maybe it was my fault for not, like, paying super close attention to um every episode but it just it became like too laborious like keep track of what everyone's doing at all times Mm -hmm. because then you'd see someone else come back after like two episodes and you have to think like wait what was it like where was he at the last time i saw because i've jumped back between four different time slots yeah the easy thing for me was that excuse me there's there's two major time periods, and mm-hmm. everyone dresses differently than they do in the other one. So that was like my quick shorthand to be well, like, I mean, oh, I, they're in the future. It wasn't and like more... where specifically in the future, I didn't worry about. I just knew that like there's a there's a turning point which happens at the end of the first season, and so I just split it up to before and after the turning point. It, it like I didn't have a problem with, like I knew I could tell when stuff was in the past was in the future but it was like keeping track of the events and people's motivations between the two mm-hmm. like because i mean like I'm, the character the main character in the past is very different from the one in the future and then yeah. you're sort of keeping track of everybody else in relation to him because he's like he's like sort of the one that defects or whatever and but then there's also other characters who kind of same stay the same i don't it was just it was a lot to keep track of and I think I was just watching too much stuff at the time. I was like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the references, but I think another problem for me was that I didn't get all the references. Mm-hmm. I haven't like I could say, oh yeah, I know who like 
uh, robot detective is, or, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, Kikaider, you know, I know like them by name. I know their designs, but I haven't seen all of their stuff or read a lot of the mangas for some of them. So it's like, I don't I think you what need to like the story is original. It's more right. so the designs that are the references. Uh, I always felt like I was missing something. Like you do kind of need to like know Japanese history. So that's one thing. While I was watching, that's a big one. I was reading I blogs and reviews that were breaking down the history because uh, I don't know about this time terrorists took over the Diet Building and all this other stuff. Like I knew about from reading old manga about like the student protest at least. So that was like my major anchor for that time period. Okay, so you're gonna have to link me to that blog. All right, there's a, there's two I think. One dude I just found this year, like a few weeks ago. He does a revised timeline each episode, so that he's serious. See, I I I remember when it was airing. Like there was um a thread on uh, Reddit that was sort of filling in the blanks as each episode went out. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to keep up with that, but it was, I don't know, it was still like, I felt like it was too much work for me to watch an anime and keep track of all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, ask question. So, Do you feel like it's necess- not necessarily the, necessarily the best thing for an anime to make you work like that? Like, should it be more upfront, or do you think maybe that's just not for you? Or like, what's your take on it? Uh, I mean, I appreciate, like, dense shows like that i think personally for me it just depends like if it was the only show that i was watching that season then i think i would yeah i'd be able to keep up with it but i think it's just i don't know maybe i was just watching too many things at the time um i'm not saying that i don't think all shows should be dumbed down and that you know it should tell you everything at every point in time um I don't know. Maybe it isn't for me. Maybe I have to be in a certain mindset. I'm not sure. Like I'm, I guess I could say I'm still kind of relatively new-ish to the newer anime stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, like I think, especially with all the Toku references, this strikes me as a show that the writer has really been wanting to do that he just can't do in Tokusatsu. So it's a show Aikawa. Yeah, show Aikawa. So um. I think early last year, or he, or spring of last year, rather, he said, okay, I'm going to be working on this new show. I can't talk about it, but it'll air in the fall. And everyone's like, oh, man, he's going to be doing the next Kamen Rider series. So we got an interview with him. He's like, no, I'm not doing a Kamen Rider series. It's going to be an anime. And this was the anime. So, you know, he, he's worked, he was a head writer on Kamen Rider Blade, Kamen Rider Decade, and Bokanger. So I think somebody coming from that, the tokusatsu field will always in the back of their mind want to do something that can aim a little higher than your average tokusatsu maybe they just can't pull it off in tokusatsu because of what it actually is mm-hmm. so that's why you get anime which is not necessarily always going to be the highest brow stuff but there are shows that like really make you think about what you're watching right so i don't I, know Go ahead. i think i think it was the whole time jumping that screwed me over <laughs> Now that it's actually over, would you be willing to give it a shot if you could maybe watch it in one or two episode bursts? I think so, like especially if like if I get the links to the uh the blogs that Nick is talking about. Like 
I think if I watched an episode and then just like read an episode breakdown or like, you know, of what events occurred in like, you know, actual Japanese history that is correlating with the story or whatever. I think I think that would actually be pretty fun. I think it was just the fact that it was happening week to week and I felt like I need to be a part of the conversation, I guess. It was that pressure of keeping up with it and then keeping up with everything else. So I don't know. But I think if I just set time for it, I think I'd probably enjoy it. Because I think, I thought like everything else seemed pretty cool about it. I think it was just that barrier of like commitment that got me. So I'll try. I'll give it yeah. a shot. I mean, it's not. Well, I don't want to say it's not often. It does seem like lately we've had a bit of like a, of a toku anime boom, but it is still pretty rare when you get all these really overt references in tokusatsu, and to me that's always a huge draw. Like, personally, that's not... You know, if it's, if it's a bad show, I won't stick with it, but I think, like, to me, that's probably enough to make me want to get through any kind of not so great first couple of episodes just to see where they go and where they take these references right so yeah i think it's it because um i was also trying to watch uh what was it gotcha man crowds <laughs> and i remember you how you reacted to it and i almost felt like oh this is going to be kind of a similar situation i didn't want to yeah that, i was that, kind of afraid for it so. it was not a good show <laughs> it was uh, that that deserves its own podcast. It was, yeah. it was, and it uh, like it wasted these. Real, like, not gonna talk about that. I'll like be here uh, for an hour. Yeah. Um, um, I didn't finish the show yet. I'm still watching it. Um, but it's a show called uh, Ajin. Uh, it aired. Um, it aired in the winter, but it wasn't simulcasted anywhere. Um, but a few weeks ago, it was released on Netflix with both uh, Japanese sub and English dub. And actually, the main actor for this is uh, John Young Bosch. Um, it's, I think it's an interesting anime. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's one of those animes that is uh, 3D animated instead of sort of hand-drawn. Uh, um, yeah. The thing is, like, they're doing that more and more these uh, past, like, year or so. And some anime, you know, can pull it off. I mean, some studios can pull it off, some can't. Um, like, I think another show that came out last year was, uh, or last season was Bubuki Buranki. And for me, I feel like that one uh, looks a lot better. Um, it feels more like a 3D anime. It moves a lot smoother. Yeah, so, like, about that, let me jump in real quick. Because I actually saw the first three episodes of that today. and Of which one? Bubuki. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the first episode was really bad. Um, like whenever there was a subtle movement in somebody, like if their hair flipped or like their face contorted for an emotion, mm. it was like very jarring and the faces looked supernatural. It was like uncanny, uncanny valley sort of stuff. And mm. af- by episode three, you don't notice it as much. And I think that's because they get a little better, but I think right. it's also because you just get used to it. If you pay attention again, it like snaps you back to the reality of, yeah, this is not natural. This looks weird, but I think, mm. I think both. Yeah. I think both shows look weird. Mm-hmm. For Ajin, um, I think the problem isn't the whole like weird, you know, movement of the hair or whatever. It's just like the frame rate. Yeah, um, that, that's another thing. Like, 
everything has the same frame rate in this sort of production, no matter like if it's an action scene or if it's someone's walking or, or that's why I mentioned the hair, like everything is animated at the same frame rate. And it just bugs me because that's not how things are traditionally animated. Everything has its own frame rate. Hmm. Right. I didn't notice that part. Like the, what I noticed from, um, from Ajin was that it, it looks choppy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're because I guess they're trying to mimic the way the frame rates of like normal hand drawn anime, um, but since it's three D models, you notice the jump the the jumpiness of it a lot more. Um, so it's it takes a while to get used to it. Um, actually, it took it took a lot longer to get me to get used to Ajin than it did for Bubuki Buranki. Um, what helped is that I started watching Ajin on my TV, so it was a lot. It, it was a lot farther away, so it was less noticeable. When I watch it on my computer, it's like, it bugs me. Um, it also bugs me when, you know how in anime, like, if someone, like, sort of moves slightly and then they're talking, they sort of stop. Like, the mm-hmm. animation stops. It's a lot more noticeable when it's in 3D. Um, I bet. Yeah, because maybe other characters are moving or something else is moving in the background, but this 3D model is stood still and its mouth is flapping. It's, it's, oh, I don't boy. Know, it's weird. Um, but once you get like once you, I guess once you get used to it after the first few episodes, um, I think a lot of it was a story for Ajin really kicked in for me. Um, mm-hmm. Ajin is basically about um, it's a species that I believe is among humans. Um, they're called Ajin. Um, the thing is, you don't know you're an Ajin until you die because Ajin can't die. So basically, if you die, you'll be reanimated or, you know, sort of almost like rebooted and you have and you'll come huh. back to life. And that's the only way you know that you're an Ajin. Um, so you follow the main character who, you know, I mean, it's an anime. So obviously the main character is going to be an Ajin himself. Um, and you just follow him sort of running away from everybody and also trying to figure out who and what he is. Um, but then you also find out stuff about the character himself that's really it's actually pretty interesting for me. He um, is a piece of work. Huh? Said he is a piece of work, the main character. Yeah, are you I'm watching not, too? No, I'm reading the manga. Oh, and okay. There's like a point, I don't know if it's in the anime, where you like realize he reveals who he really is and it kinda like recontextualizes the whole series. I'm starting to get that. Like they started going into that like maybe four episodes in. Mm-hmm. Where you start like because you think he's like an up, like sort of just an upstanding like by the books kind of student, yeah. But then when you when you hear other people talk about him while they're trying to find like you know where he is because he's on the run, mm-hmm. you start to notice that he's not really the kind of character that you think he is, yeah. And that makes it pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And then you also have like this group of Ajin that are sort of you know rebelling against humans in a way I don't, it's, Man, it's i love that dude i forget his name right now but uh, the sato? main yeah sato sato yeah because there's one where i'm at in the manga right now there uh sato and his crew are storming a building and so you know right, right, ajin right. can't die so guess how he gets into the building just guess it's gross and it's great he cuts off his hand wraps it in the bag has the bag delivered to the building as chinese food then jumps into a wood chipper because the people oh. they regenerate from the largest part of their body. So he gets rid of most of his body. 
so that he yeah. regrows from a hand inside somebody's egg foo young. <laughs> I've got to start watching this soon. Yeah, it's really like I haven't gotten to that part yet, but it's, it is such like it's really good. Like I think like I if I had gotten turned off by the 3D animation, I think I'd be mad because it's actually really interesting so far. Um, it's not a colorful show. Like like the color tones in the anime is very like. Uh, it's dark, dark and muted. but I think that works okay. for the tone. It works for the show. It definitely works for the show. Um, it is not yeah, that it's on Netflix, show. so you can you can check it out, man. It's fun. I would just like to mention, and this is simply because I, I am immature and it amuses me to no end. But uh, the author of Ajin is primarily a <laughs> hentai artist, and he actually released an interview not too long ago where he's like. Yeah, I kind of want to just wrap up Ajin and go back to hentai. <laughs> and I, I just, I don't know. I feel like that's that's working backwards for some reason. Yeah, but it's actually really good. So I don't, I don't know. It works for me. I'm actually glad that it got picked up because, yeah, it was it was getting a little frustrating. It's sort of like Dragon Ball Super. Bring oh boy. So. We're gonna have to talk about that one day. Yeah. I have it's, to watch it then. Well, it's it's it gets better. It gets better. Mm. Um, cool. So that's been the uh, winter podcast episode, winter anime podcast episode, rather. Uh, I am Awikir and I, and once again, I was joined by Kitty. See you later, guys. Nick. Uh huh. And <laughs> that other other guy. How, how did I get demoted? It happens. <laughs> wow. So, from all of us here at the Tokusatsu Network, we hope you enjoyed watching, uh, watching, listening. We hope you enjoyed listening. Maybe watching Can the anime too. Whatever. Right I'm looking at a like a, a thing of eyes staring at me in the eye, but whatever. Um, yeah, we, we hope. Whoa, shut up. <laughs> we'll we'll be back uh, next time when we talk about the uh, financial repercussions of Gogo Sentai Bokenger. Wait, what now? What? Huh? Bye. What happened? <laughs> uh, okay, bye. Oh, my. Adios. This has been another episode of the Tokenet Podcast, the official podcast of TokusatsuNetwork.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, where you can rate and review the podcast. You can also find us on all types of social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, where you'll find interviews with your favorite tokusatsu actors, as well as press coverage for various tokusatsu events. And if you'd like to throw a few dollars away, there's a donate button on the front page of our site.